Hi, I'm Megan Baker, and this is Influence Her. Did you know that more women suffer from depression than men, yet women are understudied when it comes to mental health? On this episode of Influence Her, produced by Baker Public Relations, we speak with co-founder and CEO of Brainify AI, Miriam Caretionva, Miriam and her team are aiming to address female depression through their work. Welcome, Miriam, and I hope I uh, at least got some of your last name correct. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you will, um, first take us back to how this all started. I understand that you've had a personal experience with your own mental health and postpartum depression. Yeah, unfortunately, I do have history um, in family of depression and suicidal attempts. And moreover, I even know someone who killed herself literally hours after living in a psychiatric facility, even being diagnosed as low risk for suicide. So um, when you see something like that in your life, you ask your questions, like how is it even possible that human being going against evolution, and instead of trying to survive at any cost, decided to take their own life. So yes, this, I guess, was one of the main motivations for me to do something about that. Uh, but behind that, it was actually my experience in tech and in science together. Because when I, after like 10 years of work in tech industry, get back to school to get my second master's degree in psychology, Mm, I worked for the labs as well, and I was quite surprised about two things. First, uh, my primarily focus was on the sex difference in mental health, where I actually discovered how women are understudied, and not only human beings, but also and we were talking about rodent studies. <laughs> Surprisingly, they prefer to uh, deselect any female uh, rats or mice. Um, so, and Moreover, I was surprised that it's really hard for academia probably to integrate all novel technologies to build something. So I saw an opportunity that I can use my applied mathematics background, my tech experience, and now some kind of knowledge in psychology and the behavioral neuroscience to build something that can address uh, the problems of the mental health, specifically in women. Tell us how Brainify AI works. So for this, I need to start a little bit from the beginning to explain actually how the whole industry works. So if we talk about diagnosis, for example, in psychiatry, when you right now come to the doctor, doctor basically use subjective measurements like questionnaires or interview to make a decision to what kind of treatment um, you eligible. And the problem is that they mostly prescribe SSRIs or other drugs which were developed over 20 years ago and which are not effective in 70% of the cases. And uh, it leads to months or even years of trial and error until basically patient will not hear the diagnosis treatment resistant and won't be eligible for some novel therapeutics like, for example, transmagnet simulation, like TMS. So, this is something creepy, and usually, I guess, the first impulse is to blame pharma. But if we will go to pharma, <laughs> we see that they actually struggling with the same problems. And they struggle 
with clinical trials. So the failure rate in clinical trials in depression is 99%. It's wow. huge. Like basically, I can tell you, there was over 1,000 compounds in the last decade and only four drugs received FDA approval. And if you would like to go and understand why it's happening like this and why they lost, uh, lose like billion of dollars just to introduce uh, a couple of new therapies. Uh, the reasons are first is the same subjective questionnaires, which they use to select patients and to measure the treatment outcome. The second problem is high placebo response rate. In psychiatry, the placebo response rate ranges from 40 to 60%. And the lastly, it's the nature of depression. It's quite complex and heterogeneous, meaning for example, you and I, we both in the questionnaire report that we feel depressed on the scale like seven, point ten, point, like seven out of 10. But it doesn't mean that we actually experience the same disorder and mm -hmm. actually it cannot be treated the same way. So to address this, we decided to go first through the pharma to help them at least succeed with introducing novel therapeutics and uh, antidepressants. What we are doing, we're using biological measurements electroencephalography, EEG, it's a bunch of electrodes on your scalp, um, to measure activity on the baseline when they just subject their patients coming to the clinical trial. And we look at this activity to predict if this person is prone to respond to placebo or not, or is this person will probably respond to the null therapies. So we basically navigate selection criteria of the subject, helping to succeed during the clinical trials. But the beauty of this solution then, as soon as we identify the criteria, how to select patients who will respond to the novel therapeutics, it can become a companion diagnostic tool. Meaning as soon as the drug will reach the market, it will go together in a package with a test. And so patients will need to pass this test first with finally biological objective measurements and hear from the doctor, you know, the 80% success and likelihood that you will probably feel better after this drug. So take this one and do not go for this all this like error and error and trial process. That's I hope it's clear. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. What uh, misunderstandings or misinformation do you see among the public when it comes to postpartum mental health? Oh my God, I even can tell you the story. I applied it to find one European grant and the feedback that I received that postpartum depression is not a problem in Europe and uh, they just need to sleep more and uh, better the financial support. That's, and, I, I can't even fathom that. <laughs> yes, imagine this thing by qualified specialists uh, who are reviewing grants application. And I heard it unfortunately even from some professors from great academia schools. So I think the bias is so huge. Um, and really women are basically just afraid to go to the doctor and admit the fact that I feel terrible, I don't wanna leave. And I most importantly do not enjoy spending time with my baby because people judge this. This is something that mom should not never tell, you know, like. And there's so, so many emotions that that one has, you know, following the birth of a child. I mean, and just yeah. with your hormones alone. Yeah. And the second, actually, if we talk about hormones is 
um, probably stereotypes, but mostly uh, among the researchers um, that postpartum depression associated only with hormones. It's not true. Uh, postpartum depression is also heterogeneous, meaning that it could be explained by a lot of different variabilities and reasons. And it also should be analyzed to identify correct treatment for DBT. Based on what you've learned and all the research that you've done, what would you like healthcare providers to know about postpartum mental health? Oh, that's a good question. So I guess, first of all, they need to try mother's shoes, I guess, and understand that they don't have time to spend, for example, in clinics too much time or something, uh, that they probably are afraid or terrified how drugs will affect the breath, the breastfeeding, that it is really hard for them to talk about it. They feel ashamed. And when you are interviewing them or um, trying to understand what's going on, the introduction of any objective uh, measurements are crucially important. Because again, it's even if you are, uh, if we're talking not only PPD about any mental health, it's really hard to admit that, for example, I want to kill myself. It's really hard just to come to the doctor and tell about this. Um, especially like if your cultural background is too religious, for example. Um, but when you're um, like newly mother, it takes 10 times harder. So these things that should be taken in consideration every time we talk to mothers who suffer from PPD. And finally, I think it's quite important to understand the environmental effect. Like you probably know that newly mothers are always judged. How you spend time with your baby? Do you breastfeed or you don't breastfeed? Like, uh, how do you take care of your baby? How you walk with them? Everything. It's judged by people around you. So, True. yes. And it adds a lot of pressure to the patients. So, for example, when you talk to a patient and say, like, well, um, I suggest you give up breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. This literally, like, it's, it's really hard for them to accept it. And not because of the breastfeeding itself, but because of all this pressure they have from the environment and from the people around them. That's, that's um, everything you say is so spot on. How do, um, how do you expect the research being done by Brainify AI to inform the future of treatment for postpartum mental health conditions? So I really believe that first of all, we can help introduce novel therapeutics. Uh, I'm really happy that the number of clinical trials in PPD, and not only PPD, but all other types of female depression, like perimenopausal depression or adolescent depression, finally started like getting bigger numbers. So you can see that the number increases actually, uh, meaning that there is a lot of opportunities for us to jump in and help them to success. To, to, to succeed in their clinical trials. Um, and second, I really believe, again, because uh, newly mothers are the ones who would like to have the great treatment as fast as possible, to feel better as fast as possible, because they risk missing the first months or years of the life of their babies. And I think if Brainify will be companion diagnostics, meaning that 
newly mother will just come to the clinic, get her regular tests and see, okay, out of all these options, we will go with this one. It will improve their lives, well, first of all, their lives as mothers, but also their children significantly. I'm glad that you um, brought up Harry, uh mental puzzle, you know, depression. I didn't even know that that was a thing. That was a thing. Well, I don't know if I can say it in this podcast, but when we're talking about, uh, let's say, sexual health of men, you see a lot of ads and advertisement and people trying to treat it. But when it comes to menopause, we have to treat it as normal thing. Did you notice in- that? <laughs> so I guess... Yeah. Yeah. All the associated disorders, including mental health, uh, that's why we never even talk about them. That's but true. And as somebody to- that is in that age bracket right now, I, I totally understand it. How often did you hear, I don't know, even in some TV shows that like presents, for example, the office space for male, just blame women for her emotionality saying like, oh, she's going for the her climax. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Miriam, we could um, go on and on on this topic. I greatly appreciate you addressing this. Um, You know, keep up the work that you're doing. Uh, I didn't even know that, you know, you existed, that Brainify AI, uh, this is pretty amazing work. So uh, look forward to seeing uh, the continued success of Brainify AI. And we certainly appreciate you speaking with us on Influence Her. Thank you very much for having me today here. Thank you.